Welcome back to The Mentors. This is Vadim. And Sergey. And you're listening to our weekly segment called The 5-Minute Pick-Me-Up, where we tell you stories that we come across throughout the week, and this one actually is from today, to motivate you for the week to come. So earlier today, I was browsing the interwebs, as it were, on a lazy Sunday morning, and I came across a video of young Mark Zuckerberg at 19 years old talking about how Basically, when they started Facebook, they were expecting something like maybe five to 700 users or so for their social networking app for Harvard students. And at that point of the interview, they had reached 100,000 users. And he kind of nonchalantly said, you know, who knows where it's going to go from here. And that quick story reminded me of the fact that even though after the fact, successful people, great people, if you will, look like geniuses. Most of the time, most people actually stumble into greatness. They stumble into it by trying things and something happens to work. And then after the fact, they seem like geniuses. And this happens time and time again. And there's a bunch of stories that we're going to tell you today about how it happens to others and how it could happen to you. So one story is actually of this little wee bit company called Slack. If you work in any enterprise organization, you probably use a chat app. And Slack is one of the fastest growing companies of the last 10 years, and they're a public company now. But when they started off, Scott Butterfield, who also started another little company called Flickr, wanted to create a game. Actually, both Flickr and this company started off as games and then pivoted into something else. And so he was already somewhat of an experienced entrepreneur. He raised $17 million in VC for a company called TinySpec, and their idea was to develop a game called Glitch. And they worked on this game for a very long time. It actually became a pretty popular game, but it was not a profitable business. So that idea ultimately failed, but from within that idea... Slackbot was born. Now, Slackbot was actually just a tool that his engineers had developed within the game to keep control of all the characters, and it was essentially an automated bot that would send messages to the different players in the game. And Stuart Butterfield started creating his own threads within this application that they developed to take notes for himself, and then he would send these notes to himself. And so then it was kind of this combination of a Slackbot, which would automatically send these notes to him and also note-taking app and he realized that that had a ton of utility within his organization so they had an aha moment that if they could use this tool themselves maybe other organizations could find it useful as well and that was it i mean they didn't start off building a chat app for the enterprise they started off doing what they wanted to do which is create video games that's what he was passionate about And of course, build teams and bring together talented people that could work on these creative projects. And eventually, they used the same creative team to build a business-to-business product that became massively successful. Important to note that part of the reason why Slack was so successful almost immediately was because they made sure that the product worked really well and seamlessly across your computer desktop app, across a mobile application, web application, anywhere you wanted to use the app, it worked seamlessly. So you could integrate it basically across your entire workflow no matter where you worked. And it is one of the best designed chat apps out there. And think about it. They again had a leg up. They were designing games. So clearly uh, this was going to be a design first product for them as well. So it all kind of fit together eventually, but certainly they didn't start off thinking that this is what it's going to end up. 
So, okay, so Mark Zuckerberg started a Harvard social network that then expanded to other Ivy League schools, then expanded to other colleges, then high schools, and then the broader population. Didn't know that it was going to be the multi-billion dollar public company that it was going to be. Stuart Butterfield was building basically a gaming company that then turned into an enterprise chat company. Again, did not know it was going to be a massive chat application that would disrupt the workforce. And another story of another application that we all know and love today, Twitter, you know, you would think that Jack Dorsey and Evan Williams, when they started that company, they knew that they were going to create this status-based application that everybody was going to use and they had this genius insight, but that's not at all how it started. In fact, it started off after Evan Williams already had a company that he sold to Google. It was called Blogger. He built tools for bloggers and he sold that company and he was starting another company that he decided was going to be in a new up-and-coming space, helping podcasters get their shows off the ground. And this is early on. This is about 2005 when podcasting barely existed yet, but people started seeing as this new online radio medium. And they raised, I think, like half a million dollars, a couple hundred thousand dollars, and they were building this application. But at one point, they just saw that it wasn't working. And then uh, Apple announced that they were were releasing the iTunes store, so they were going to have to compete with this behemoth Apple. And so he brought his team together and said, we need new ideas to help save the company. And at that time, Jack Dorsey and another guy, Noah Glass, had this idea of status-based social network. So you say what your status is, and we'll build a social network around that. They started it with SMS text messaging, and then ultimately they made a web platform out of it with 140 characters, as we know today. But it wasn't until a year after they were bringing storming these ideas that they had actually gotten it off the ground, launched it at South by Southwest and gotten tons of users and started growing from there. They didn't even announce it to the world and to their investors until a year after that. So yet again, a story of a company that everybody knows and loves today, a story of founders that we know as great today. However, they did not know at the time what they were building, that there was going to be that impactful. So Serg and I always talk about the importance of getting started, the importance of just sitting down and doing the work and not waiting to uh, have some kind of motivation that's external or some kind of big idea that finally inspires you. It's more about actually getting things done. And so in each of these cases, obviously, the teams were motivated to work on something and then eventually they found the big opportunities that ultimately made them great and obviously very, very wealthy. But it's more important to get started, to iterate as you're working along, to listen to the market, and then once it's kind of nudging you in the right direction, taking advantage of those opportunities that come to you and capitalizing on them and doubling down on them. But of course, you won't see those opportunities unless you actually start. Exactly. And unless you give yourself room to experiment, these guys were experimenting over and over again, building things for themselves, for others. And I think key thing to note here is all of those people were builders. They knew how to build. So wherever, whatever niche you start your business at, first build something that works really well for a small group of people and give yourself the ability to recognize when there's opportunities that might be different than what you're working on right now, but could turn into something big. And even for this podcast, when we started it, we wouldn't know the amazing entrepreneurs that we would meet, the different opportunities that we have. Like you guys know, we write for Forbes, Harvard Business Review. We do live events with public company CEOs. We've gotten to do a bunch of stuff in just the year and a half since starting this podcast. But if we didn't sit down that one day before Christmas and record three episodes up front and publish them just to get started, 
we wouldn't actually get to experience all this awesome stuff that we do get to experience through this podcast. So the motivating piece today for you is if you feel like you're a little bit stuck, yes, we just did an episode, a rebroadcast last week of Becoming Unstuck, and this is just another piece of advice. If you're feeling stuck and you're not doing the work because you just don't have that big idea yet, maybe think about it a little differently. Flip it on its head. You don't have to have the big idea right off the bat. You just have to start with something. And maybe if you do that, just like these folks that we talked about in this episode, you could have a chance to stumble into greatness as well. That's it for the five minute pick me up for this week, and we'll see you on Wednesday. Have a great, great week. Later's.